0: Tom Morges. Hey everyone, welcome back to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm excited to have Jordan Baker on the call with us today. He is the founder of Focuster, a software solution and an app that will help you organize your day, really. Uh, for me, that's what it does. It helps me, I use this software and it helps me get tasks into my calendar, but in a really unique and compelling way. So we'll talk about the software. And maybe that's where we'll dig in. But today's I wanted to focus on <laughs> focus on focus. I want to focus on what it means to focus. How do we focus better? And some topics about like time management. How do we become better at managing our own time? Which I think, if you're an entrepreneur, artist, writer, doing anything creative, like time is the you know greatest gift and greatest enemy in a lot of ways. It's just slipping away, and so you need to learn how to prioritize, and you need to learn how to manage your time. And again, that's where I think the software like Focuster comes in is just a great. Uh, value add to anybody who's trying to get something done, trying to create something. But I also want to get behind the psychology of it. So Jordan, thanks for being on In the Trenches with us today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, Tom.
0: So yeah, take it away, man. Tell us a little bit about, I guess, probably the best way now is give a brief like overview of Focusster. I know it's one of those tools you probably have to see to understand. And then go into your backstory about why you created it.
1: Yeah, so so Focuster is a productivity app, and it's it's a little bit of a hybrid between a to-do list and a calendar. Um, so so basically, you know, everybody talks about how it's a productivity best practice to work out of your calendar and to basically to throw away your to-do list. Like this is is what a lot of the top people are talking about. I mean, uh, I studied with Tony Robbins, for example. This is one of the things he he teaches in his RPM productivity method. You know, Stephen Covey talks about this. A lot of other, you know, leading productivity gurus talk about getting rid of your to-do list and working out of your calendar. But the reality is it's actually kind of tedious to do that in some ways. There's a lot of um, tedious processes when it comes to actually like looking at your calendar, finding where the gaps are, you know, okay, am I going to have enough time for this year? And I, you know, I was doing that manually and I was actually getting some good results from, from working out of my calendar, but I did, I did find it really draining. And let's face it, we have a limited number of, uh, of really productive hours in the day. And I, I thought to myself, well, hey, I'm a software developer. Maybe I could solve this problem and maybe someone else would actually enjoy this. And in the process I've created an app that has, you know, turned out to be tremendously useful for for people uh, all across the board. So, you know, I I created the software because I was suffering from overwhelm. I, you know, even though I had studied all these amazing productivity systems, you know, including getting things done, I mentioned Tony Robbins, I mentioned Stephen Covey, um, it really, you know, still boiled down to like, what am I going to get done today? And this is where I think a product like Focuster really excels because it, you know, once you see how much time you have, it's a really powerful prioritizing tool. The Focuser really helps you visualize that free time. And as the day goes on, you start seeing, you know, the amount of free time you have evaporating. So it's a powerful motivating tool. And the capability the tool has also to help you manage your focus, not just your time, it means that you actually get done the things that you are intending to get done, um, which is unlike a lot of other tools out there, which are mostly just kind of like list making tools. This is a tool that actually helps you get the stuff done by helping you manage your focus.
0: I love it. And I've been using the tool for a while now. What I like is that, and I basically manage my life inside Google Calendar, which is maybe depressing if you say (laughs) that out loud, but it's actually really, really useful for me because then I just know what's going on, and the the reason I do that, and I don't just have like an open calendar is because I do a lot of calls, so I'm constantly like having to do calls or podcasts or you know uh, consulting you know calls, prospect calls, um, all sorts of things, and so I don't want to miss those calls, so that's why I use Google Calendar. But because I have those, and I'm always worried, oh, am I going to miss a call? I always have Google Calendar open, and so I I've been trying to use that then as kind of my hub of this is what I'm getting done this week, and kind of building out like what does this week look like? These are the things I have to do. These are the calls I have to do. And the thing is, I never really miss a call, like I never, ever do. But tasks have a f- strange way of being avoided. And the challenge there, I think, for me when I look at this and why I use uh, Focuser, is that then I, I put something in there, so I want to like build out my Google Calendar so it's got every task that I need to do for the week. But then I'll, if I miss one, then I have to go and physically or manually change it. It's really annoying. I love that about Focuser that it automatically repopulates down the line. And that's really helpful. Anyway, I just bring that up because that's a really cool aspect of the software. But I think it's also important from like a time management perspective. Like if you're plugging this stuff in, it's nice to have like one hub to do everything from. So I, I'm a big fan of like Google Calendar for that reason. And I don't know if you want to elaborate on anything there, but the next thing I definitely want to get into is this idea of like, well, what's the best way for us to manage our time or to stay focused? Like, can we talk about kind of the ins and outs of that? What you've discovered like is the most effective for people to do to to really to get stuff done.
1: Yeah, I mean just to kind of harp on one point, you know, traditional to-do lists are are broken. I mean, they, you know, they don't typically account for how long things take. They don't typically distinguish urgent from important. They are stressful because, you know, you create this big long list that has no relationship to what you can actually accomplish in a given amount of time. And so these are the things we're trying to solve. Uh, and these are things we are solving, and you know we live in a. Uh, I love this this quote from Marshall McLuhan. You know, our age of anxiety is in great part the result of trying to do today's job with yesterday's tools and yesterday's concepts. So the to-do list is really a twentieth century, or you know, I mean, obviously earlier it's like they probably had it in like BC or whatever. <laughs> so so you know, if we were to imagine what does a productivity tool look like in the twenty-first century? This is where we start to, you know, start to ask ourselves, well, are we actually managing our time? And and more importantly, are we managing our focus and our energy? And I believe that managing your focus is more important than managing your time. Entrepreneurs like Richard Branson and Warren Buffett and all these guys, they have the same 24 hours as you do. What's different is where they put their focus. And of course, obviously, they're leveraging their time as well. But that's a topic for another another uh, podcast, perhaps. But, you know, managing your focus, I mean, everybody talks about, yeah, managing your time, managing your time. Well, you you cannot control time. You know, you you think that something's going to take a certain amount of time, and then it takes maybe three times the amount of time that you think it's going to take. All you can really do is really get clear on your priorities and then make sure that you're actually working on those priorities. So this is, you know, where I actually define focus as intention plus attention. Intention is what you want to do. And attention is your ability to bring yourself to actually make progress on your intentions. And without either of those, you're going to be screwed.
0: Yeah, I like that. I, I think that's pretty interesting. I never actually thought about the roots of those words, but I'm sure there's something, something Latin behind them.
1: Yeah, I, I should check that out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, really, like if you're not clear on your intention, yeah. you're going to be going down a path that's not relevant for you
0: without intention, you can't have effective attention. Would that be maybe a way to put it?
1: There's some truth to that. I think, you know, I think getting clear on your intention is kind of like, you know, people talk about what's your big why, right? Mm. Like, what is the big reason why you're doing stuff? And so it's true that when you connect with what you're truly passionate about, that's actually gonna make it easier for you to bring your attention to it. Because, you know, if you don't care about something, it's going to be harder for you to actually make progress on it, right? Yeah. The more clarity and refinement you can bring to your attention, uh, sorry, your intention, mm-hmm. the, the easier it's going to be to bring your attention to bear on it. And, you know, we hear so often about people who are really, really successful, but then they're really unhappy, you know, like rock stars and, and you know, people, you know, and and they had a clear ability to bring their attention to their careers, but maybe they weren't clear about what it was they actually wanted to accomplish for themselves. And then they found themselves empty and their life was meaningless. And then they shot themselves in the head. So, you know, it, it's, it's, brutal, it's but true, right? Yeah, it's important stuff.
0: Okay. And I don't know if you, this is what something you want to get into, but like, I guess that idea of like being intentional about what we do so we can actually then put our attention to it. How do we frame that so that we don't run into that problem where we get overwhelmed or distracted or whatever?
1: So how, huh, huh. So this is a big question, Tom, it is, um, I know. you know, I basically what I've done uh, with my work is actually stripped down this into a four step process. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. I mean, in my own background, I mean, I've studied, you know, NLP, I've studied with Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. I've studied meditation and yoga over the years and like mindfulness. And you don't necessarily need to do all of that. But I'm just saying there's a there's a lot that goes into tapping into your attention intention and attention. Like meditation is an amazing attention training tool. And it's also an amazing tool to connect with yourself and listen to that inner voice. But we don't need to talk about that. But like, what I've discovered is that there's really four steps if you want to reclaim your focus. Okay, perfect. The first step is capturing. And, and so many people miss this, you know, and, and getting things out of your head, so that you can start to organize it getting things out of your head so you can stop feeling anxious about it so you can create space for creativity and spontaneity so many people don't take the time to write down their goals there's a stat out there that's like for you're 42 percent more likely to achieve your goals and dreams simply by writing them down on a regular basis I'm sure you've heard about the reticular activating system like when you start to like write down your goals you'll start to see opportunities for them every day like I'm the I'm the type of person I like to, you know, read my goals every day. In fact, I like to read them out loud with conviction because this gets me feeling jazzed. And if I can't bring conviction to it when I'm reading it out loud, then maybe there's something off in my intention. So, you know, capturing it and then organizing it. So, you know, capturing it, I, you know, I love using uh, Evernote, but you can just use a blank piece of paper, you know, just get it out of your brain. And then you start to find relationships between things. You start to look for synergy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you start to, to capture it in a way that actually makes it actionable because so many people write things down in a vague way, which means that when they actually start to sit down to work on it, it's difficult for them to actually do anything because it's just written in a vague way, Mm -hmm. you know? So then the second step of, of reclaiming your focus is to actually prioritize, to get clear on, I mean, you have probably like, if you're like most people, Tom, you probably have an unlimited list of things to do.
0: Yeah, it's pretty full.
1: So, if you don't decide on your priorities up front, you're going to spend a lot of time kind of spinning your wheels. Like you have, maybe you'll scan your list, you know, you'll work on one thing, then, you know, when that's done, you're going to like scan your list again trying to find the next thing. You're going to basically be burning up a lot of your your focus, which is a finite resource that can be depleted. You're going to be burning up a lot of that time just trying to figure out what's next. So, if you f- can figure out your priorities up front, then you can just flow right you know everybody talks about these flow states well this is one way to, to tap into that a little bit more is to preserve your focus to get really clear on your priorities you know and how do you do that right so if you can figure out what are some of the criteria that are important to you dan martell uh, had a had a really cool um article on this which i love and he talked about three criteria that help people to get clear on their priorities, you know, one is like, will it make you money? And he gave that a value of three. And then he said, you know, will it make a customer happy? And he gave that a valuable two uh, of two. And then he said, is it a repeatable process? Give that a value of one. So if you can go down through your list and you you know put these numbers beside them, um, and some of them might be all three, and then you'll see, calling this customer back um, about this sales contract is uh, it makes me money, it makes a customer happy. Um, That's a five. Okay, that should go high on my list. So you know, this is just one way to do it, and your criteria might be different. But if you can decide your priorities up front, you're going to be preserving that really valuable focus that you have. We have so little of when you when it really comes down to it. Um, You know, before we got on the call, you were just saying like how being on phone calls can be a little tiring sometimes, right? Tiring wasn't the word you used, right?
0: Maybe I used the word I'm exhausted from all the calls I had today.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I, and, you know, I don't know if this is for you the case, but for me, sometimes the case is that it's like, I'm putting so much focus on this other person. I'm trying to like engage and yeah. I can clearly feel that I need to recharge after that. So we want to minimize the the, the impact of kind of the overhead of our to-do list of our, of our productivity process. We want to minimize the overhead of those things so that we can just get down to what really matters.
0: Real quick, before you try, go to number three, with prioritization, you mentioned like making money, make somebody. So, is there any examples of like a, a way to, to prioritize? And I, I, I was taking notes, so I might have just missed some of this, but do you think that there's a specific, like, oh, here are like, you know, several criteria or, cri- you know, that you can use to determine prioritization?
1: I mean, there's a lot of different systems out there. You know, you've heard of the urgent and important yeah uh, distinctions from Stephen Covey and that's one system for prioritizing Got it. so okay. you can you can take everything that you have and you can start to put it in these four quadrants so you, everything can either be both important or not important and both urgent or not urgent
0: and that's like the Eisenhower matrix too right
1: it's also called the Eisenhower matrix that's right oh, yes perfect yeah yes and you know as you know we want to sp- Really, the things that are going to build our business long-term or going to be great for our relationships or anything else in life tends to be in the not urgent and important realms. They're also the most difficult, tends to be the most difficult to to make progress on because Mm -hmm. there's just so many urgent things out there.
0: Well, you know what? This is funny. I want to talk a little psychology here. I've been listening to uh, some great lectures by some great psychologists recently, and he brought this point up, and I thought it really hit home, and I think it's appropriate right now because we're talking about prioritization. Like it is really hard to focus on important things that are not urgent because of course there's so many urgent things, or at least we think there are urgent things that come up. And I think one of these these things that he pointed out was that, you know, human beings, we have a tendency that we, like we, if we, even if we know our number one goal, like that thing we need to do today, that our brain is great at kind of tricking us into doing something that's also hard, but not as hard. And then that's where our attention goes. And then he says where he goes on, this is Jordan Peterson who was talking on this, which I thought was really fascinating stuff. But he talked about how, well, if you do that enough, you start training yourself to avoid the actual important thing. You're always focused on, and so you always go to something else. And it's a great the trick that the brain does because it's, it's try, it like essentially is like trying to convince you that it is actually working hard, but it's not doing the hardest work. It's just doing right. slightly harder. So you still think you're being productive, but in reality, it's kind of awful. And that's like a vicious cycle. And I have to, I mean, I, I deal with that every day. <laughs> like I'm like, no, I know this is the important thing. So why am I now doing these other things right now? makes no sense. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that and we can segue
1: into totally. uh, the next step. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, this is totally relevant because I mean, this is why prioritization is so important, right? Because so many people who have a to-do list, well, they won't prioritize their list. They will um, start their day off by scanning their list, looking for something that feels good to them, which typically tends to be something like, just like you said, is not, not the most critical, not the most difficult thing, tends to be something that's like, you know, either super easy, they're like, "Oh, I'm going to get the ball rolling, or it's something that's kind of difficult, as you said, but it's not, it feels like work, but it's not really the work. So when you actually identify your priorities, you actually identify what's critical, you will be faced with a stark reality, like, here's the number one thing I need to work on right now. And then if you actually combine that with a piece of software that actually puts it in your calendar sends you intelligent reminders when you have free time and keeps prompting you to work on it, now you may have a recipe for success. Especially, Tom, I've realized like after talking to a lot of uh, other productivity experts that, you know, I'm kind of one of the productivity people who is, I'm a little bit more spontaneous. Some people are more kind of rigid planners or, um, they're very, very comfortable at following the plan where I'm this kind of person who like walks down the path and I'm like, Ooh, this is really interesting. And I, I, you know, I want to investigate it. I want to kind of like, you know, stop and smell the flowers on the way, so to speak. And it's, it's been really, um, really valuable in my life to be able to do that. Actually, I don't have any regrets. I don't want to be a rigid planner person. I do, I do value that ability to do that when it's necessary, and so that's what I actually find so valuable about this software that I've created for myself and the system is that it, you know, it prompts me to come back to what's most important and it stops me from doing this work, which is, you know, which is a medium impact, right? I'm not fooling myself that I'm getting things done if, as long as I prioritize it. But I can also tell you that I've gotten so much work done, you know, I've made, gotten so many results when I'm procrastinating doing the most important thing. So it's not all bad.
0: that's an interesting way to look at it. That's, I I love that. Okay, great.
1: Maybe, you know, maybe a good strategy is if you really want to, if you really want to make progress on your most important thing, invent something else that's even more important. And then, you know, procrastinate that.
0: That's an issue. Yeah. Kind of flipping it on its head. That's pretty fascinating actually. But again, that I, I, the only worry I have is how, how quickly does that degrade and turn into shiny penny syndrome or whatever they call it? And I think I suffer from that too because there's always an opportunity. And again, then I'm like, oh, well, that opportunity could be bigger than what I'm working on now. But it's like, no, it literally can't be because then the next thing will be the next biggest thing. And then I'll never be able to get anything done. And then there is no growth from that. I love the idea. I But I also just this idea, like it's such a dangerous, slippery slope to not train yourself to get things done that you're putting down on paper and, or in Focuster, for example, or any any whatever you're using Because you train yourself to to avoid those tasks. And then it's like, I think internally, you start to kind of ignore yourself and what your priorities are. And that's dangerous because if you don't train yourself to like follow through and do the things that you wrote down and said you would do, what do you become after that? And it's kind of, I mean, that we could go into a whole tangent on that. But I think it's just very important. I think two thoughts on that before we move on is one is how important, of course, it is to prioritize and then to say, well, this is the thing I'm going to do and be particular about that. Like actually... I'm saying this from a place of I know I need improvement on it, but mm. like don't overschedule. I do that all the time. Like just don't do it. Like it's such a bad thing to do. And just schedule the things that are actually important. I mean that's really all that it should be. And it's like if the thing is not really important, then it really shouldn't be on a to do list at all. Probably that's that's probably the best way to do it. Like probably look to remove or delegate way more things than you you think you need to to do yourself. And that's part of it, I think. And then the second piece is anything that you actually do set down that you're going to do, like follow through, finish it. And I don't know if the next steps will lead us to that that point of how we follow through, but but go ahead and take it away, Jordan.
1: Definitely, yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, you're talking about developing personal self-discipline. Um, I think, um, yeah. which is a whole other topic, but it, it's tremendously tremendously valuable. I'd love to t- talk more about that. But yeah, so the the third step the third step is to actually plan your day. So once you've you know once you've actually identified your priorities, you want to plan your day, and you know if you're not using software like Focusster that does this automatically for you, then you could apply this to planning your day or planning your week. You would go through your list of priorities. You would look at those things. You would put an estimate on them as to how long you think they will take. And I know I said earlier that we're really bad at estimating. It's true. Most people are really bad at estimating, uh, at least in some areas of life. And it's still a useful exercise because it gives us some some basis for reality. And then what we will do. So once we figured out how long things are going to take, we're going to look for gaps in your calendar where we can fit those things in. And we're going to try to do that in priority order, because, you know, if something is your number one priority, you want to do it as soon as possible. So you can fit that in really, you know, you can look at your calendar, you can try to see, you know, where can I fit this in based on time available based on my energy, you can use a couple different criteria to figure that out. And then the next step. So you're going to actually slot all those things into your calendar. Now, if you've got like 10 or 20 things, this is going to take some time. And and this is kind of why I, you know, why I said that having an automated system is really nice. I, I've done it manually before I did. It, I did a week at a time. And the problem I ran into was just like you said, it's like, Sometimes I wouldn't do the thing when I said I was going to do it. Maybe, uh, maybe I was on a phone call with a potential new client and something took 15 minutes longer than I expected. And now the whole rest of my day, you know, my schedule is all messed up. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a tool that would automatically move all those things forward? So that, that's kind of the, the problem I was dealing with. But once you have it in your calendar, so the process of actually putting it in your calendar is kind of another gut check to ask yourself like, Hey, I really only have three and a half hours today. If you subtract all the meetings, you know, and if, if you look at just my workday, what am I going to do with that time? So it's an, it's just another gut check where you can say like, is this really the best use of my time? If I only have three and a half hours, you know, is this something I should delegate? Is this something I just should mm-hmm. not do at all? Maybe I should push back on this. So I think it's a really valuable process. Um, and then the mm-hmm. the last step to reclaim your focus is to, really to to bring yourself to focus on the now. And this is all about managing distractions. So turning, you know, turning off your notifications as much as possible. Uh, it's about scheduling some reminders for yourself. So this is if you're not using software like FocusTree, you want to, you know, maybe set a, a, a reminder on your phone to go off a couple times a day that just says, hey, are you working on the most important thing right now? And the important thing is not to ignore that notification, but to actually look at it, look at your calendar, evaluate what you're working on right now. And if you're not working on your most important thing, stop what you're doing and reset yourself. And it's really, you know, it's about honoring monotasking, not multitasking, monotasking, right? Are you a fan of monotasking?
0: I wish I was better at it. <laughs> I I know I recognize the value of it.
1: I mean, I want to I make the distinction between multitasking and synergy right because multitasking is trying to do more than one thing at once whereas and synergy is in a way as well but synergy is where we do one thing that has impacts in multiple areas of your life so this is another benefit to actually writing down your goals and writing you know actually being even more intentional about writing things down it's because we can start to identify areas of synergy I have a kind of a, uh, kind of a, an example of that, which was that I had written down like, hey, I want to meditate. And I also want to start taking saunas regularly because I've heard about all the health benefits of it. And I was at the gym and it just occurred to me, I'm like, well, you know, instead of just aimlessly browsing through my phone on Facebook or reading the news or whatever, like things that di- weren't really contributing to my life. I was like, well, why don't I combine that time? Because I want to spend 15 minutes in the sauna anyways. Why don't I combine it with meditation. So these are, that was an example of synergy, but, but bringing it back to multitasking, when you try to multitask in the short term, it really makes it so that it takes longer for you to do those things. And you're going to make more mistakes. Not only that, you're going to lose the capacity for deep thinking. So the creative work, that really is so valuable in this world it's it's at some point it's probably going to be the you know the only valuable thing in this world is is our creativity as everything else gets automated we lose our capacity for that deep work when we're constantly switching from one thing to another the problem is as you said before tom is that our society you know our brains have adapted to this kind of rapid fire switching you know it's present on tv with the the rapid cuts and the and just like you know the fast action and 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 we we actually you know, get pleasure. Our pleasure centers of our brain are, are kind of firing off from all this stimulation. So it means that change is going to be hard. But one solution for that is something called time boxing. You might also heard of, heard of like Pomodoros. Yep. Do you use them? I,
0: I mean, I, I've tried a lot of this stuff. And, and I will say like, yes, I've, I've used it or tried it. And my biggest thing is, uh is maybe not being, again, disciplined enough to follow through with it. Because like, if I'm rolling, sometimes I just roll you know what I yeah. mean? And so it's like, I don't want to stop in 25 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever it is. I want to go and I'll go for like three hours or something like that.
1: Hey, it's whatever works for you.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but it's also one of those things like, I mean, it works, but it's like, wait a second, does it though? Like, would I be better if I force myself to take breaks? But anyway, go, go on, t- talk me through this idea.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I so, so, you know, the idea of a Pomodoro is, or, or time boxing your activity is sometimes it's hard to get started on something like something, sometimes something seems so daunting that you never get started like taxes for me is an example it's like like oh man taxes i know this is going to take me so long it's going to be so much effort and my strategy when i when i'm faced with a task like that is to say you know what i am going to do 30 minutes and then i'm going to stop so this is such a powerful thing and and you know this is not just 30 minutes of being laxadaisical about it it's like you know i'm going to shut down all the other apps on my computer i'm going to clear my desk You know, I'm going to tell people around me like, hey, I'm going to be focusing for this next 30 minutes. Just, you know, turn off my phone and I am going to just get started. This is a really powerful way to get started. And when we get started on something, we automatically build the momentum. We, you know, our brain wants to finish things that we got started. So it actually helps us break this log jam where, you know, where we're in this gray zone of, of like, we haven't started something. It seems daunting when we, you know, set a time limit to it, it's like it actually seems doable now. And just like you said, once you get started, you want to keep going. Now, the other key part of this Pomodoro process is that you take a break. So a lot of people will do 25 minutes and then a five-minute break. Some people are like, whoa, oh, wow, 10 minutes, an hour of breaks. Wow, how do you get any work done with that, right? (laughs) But, you know, for me, I find like if I actually take a break, then I am less likely to to jump onto time-wasting websites like Facebook. I do something valuable, like I will stretch, I will do you know some do some deep breathing. I'll stretch, maybe I'll go for a little walk, maybe I will grab a snack, maybe I will, you know, have a quick phone call or a conversation with someone nearby. I'll try to make it as nourishing as possible for me because just moving will get the blood flow in my brain going you know, we can overdo focus. So we need to spend a little bit of time letting there be space for serendipity to occur. Right. So, so that's what I think the, the purpose of the break is it doesn't need to be 25 and five, you know, for you, you know, it may be, you know, 50, uh, I don't know, you know, maybe 45 and you no, know, I, I don't know. It, <laughs> I think 25 and five is pretty awesome, but you can experiment with what works for you.
0: Yeah. Well, it, you know, here's the deal. Like it's, it's arguable that maybe I would actually do better and that's why I just have to kind of force it because like it's tough to know if if actually you would improve. Like I just think, oh, if I'm in flow, I should do this. But that's probably a bad way to approach it because there's probably a more systematic approach to it because otherwise I'm just basing it off of like how I'm feeling. And maybe in certain circumstances like that's okay, but that's probably not a thing that should be done all the time. Cause then if I'm, well, I'm not really feeling like it today. So again, then I'm going to procrastinate. It's like, nah, that's not how it works. Like I got to get work done. And so I like this idea of the 25 minute thing or or these short ones, because anybody can do anything for 25 minutes, you know, in terms of like any, you know, annoying task or email or, or, you know, if you have to take a call with somebody you don't want to talk to or something like that, whatever (laughs) it might be, or do like do cold calls or anything that's like tough like that. Like those are the tough things that you want to avoid. It's like, yeah, you can probably commit yourself to 25 minutes and do it for 25 minutes and then say, that's all I'm going to do for the rest of the day. And I think there's probably some power in that, especially if it's like, again, that's like the one thing you got to do. Okay, I'm going to do it for 25 minutes and I'm going to be done with it because versus like, oh, I'm going to do this at some point today. Like that's, that's terrible. Right.
1: Totally. Yeah. And and once you get started, you now have kind of destroyed this psychological barrier to making further progress. It doesn't seem like such a big bugaboo in your, Mm -hmm. in your brain, you know?
0: Yeah, this is interesting. Okay. So. So we have some great ideas here. I think some stuff that people can probably immediately implement. I know we went off on some tangents on like the the self-discipline side, but I think from a structure side of how do we essentially become more productive or just use our time better uh, with more purpose behind it, I think we actually have a great framework here. And maybe... Let me see if I got this. So it was like your your four steps were capture, prioritize, maybe I'll say plot, like put in your calendar. And then what was the fourth step?
1: Yeah, yeah, so so capture, prioritize, plan your day, and focus on the now.
0: That's awesome. Well, this is fantastic, Jordan. I really appreciate your insights on this. I want to give you the floor. Where can people reach out to find you, and where can they get Focuster if they're interested in using this this tool to help them focus?
1: Well, um, we, got a, we got a link for, for you guys. Um, so it's uh, obviously, you know, it's com slash Tom. is uh, where people can go if they want to learn more about Focuster. I'm going to go into a lot more detail on these these things as well. Uh, We actually have on on our actual um, product page for Focuster, we talk a little bit about these four steps, how you can implement them in the software. And uh, when you do sign up for Focuster as well, we do have a great email sequence that goes into more detail about how all these steps play out. So... I really uh, highly recommend people get our kind of our email course that you get when you sign up for the product. Uh, You get a 14-day free trial. You know, we connect with both uh, with Google Calendar. And we're just, uh, actually, I don't think I told you this yet, Tom, but we're we're just rolling out Microsoft Outlook and Exchange and Apple iCloud uh, calendar support. So we are rocking and rolling with uh, all the different calendars we can speak to now.
0: Fantastic. I love it. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for being on In the Trenches, man. It was an absolute pleasure.
1: Yes. Thanks. Thanks so much, Tom. Really great. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here.
0: Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorcus.com.
1: Never fight alone. Join the resistance.